May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We often hear Jesus sort of popularly described as the good shepherd, because that's how he identifies himself in this, the 10th chapter of John's gospel. It's a pastoral image. It's comforting. Jesus is the good shepherd. We are the sheep. The good shepherd looks after his flock. It's the kind of heartwarming stuff that we like to hear from Jesus. The sort of phrase from the Gospels that you might see cross-stitched onto a pillow. We like to think of Jesus in this way, roaming lush green hills on a sunny spring morning, sandals on his feet, crook in his hand, crossing babbling brooks to gather up his flock, humming maybe a little merry tune as he goes. It's a beautiful picture, but it's one that has little to do with being a shepherd and not really that much in common with Jesus' description or our experience of how he cares for his sheep. I have an icon of Jesus as the good shepherd that hangs in my office here in the church. You might have seen it. It was given to me by a previous parish as I was packing up to make my journey here to the Pacific Northwest as a reminder of the work of a priest, which is, in many ways, an imitation of Christ's own work to shepherd the sheep of God's flock. The icon has Jesus with his hands still marked by the nails of the crucifixion with a very placid-looking lamb sort of slung over his shoulders. And that icon, I think, probably as much as I love it, speaks to some of our misconceptions about Jesus and his relationship to the flock. And that's because the little lamb does not appear to be trying to bite Jesus (laughs) or to kick itself free or run away into a canyon to hide. Jesus says that the sheep of his flock hear his voice and they follow him. But from my experience, and maybe from yours as well, it seems that quite often the sheep hear his voice and decide to do whatever they were gonna do anyway, ignoring him until the last possible moment, or else wondering where he is and why he has not come looking for us while we wander off on our own into the wilderness. Jesus is the good shepherd, but quite often we are rebellious, headstrong, basically disobedient sheep. And if we're honest, as much as we like this image of Christ as the good shepherd, we don't like the idea of being referred to as sheep. If you met a friend for lunch and you were talking about events that have happened in your lives recently or decisions that you have made, and they said to you, Well, you know, I think in these things, you have been a very good sheep. You would not receive that as a compliment. We think that sheep are dumb. And that's because we have seen the way sheep behave in nature. They follow their shepherd. And in the absence of a shepherd, you can herd sheep with a dog. Sheep sheep are sheepish. And that's not a word that we use as a compliment. We are strong, independent, and perhaps most troublingly of all for our souls, we are very proud people. 
We object to the idea, particularly as Americans, that we're followers of anything but our own common sense and hard-won wisdom. Pride is one of our distinguishing characteristics, particularly here in the western half of the country. We are the descendants of pioneers, the brave men and women who forded rivers and crossed mountains to subdue this massive continent and bend it to our will. This pride means that we can dream impossible dreams, achieve things that might otherwise have seemed far beyond us. We are captains of our own ship, masters of our own destiny. It's not all bad, but even Jesus, if the bumper sticker is to be believed, has been offered a role in our lives only as a co-pilot. Frank Sinatra was trying to capture this independence in kind of a positive way in that old song, My Way. For what is a man, what, I'm not going to sing it. For what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has not. To say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. There's a whole strand of thinking in our culture that glorifies this kind of independence as the only way that someone can truly ever express themselves. And we fear that if we're not careful and vigilant, we will somehow be erased, becoming part of the vast, nameless crowd of followers, those who surround others, the real leaders, the movers and shakers of history. We want to stand on our own, apart from the crowd, and do it on our own terms. We do not want to be sheep. And all of that sounds pretty good, but it doesn't have much space for faith in Jesus Christ. Taking a quick glance at the reading from Revelation this morning, what John of Patmos sees in his vision of eternity is not a group of just the good and the great from history, distinguished by their deeds and their lasting accomplishments, but instead a vast sea of people, nameless and unknown except by their Lord, and distinguished only by their willingness to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd and to obey Him. That's the truth about our lives that we all fight against to a greater or lesser degree. Someday, we will be gone. And in the cosmic view of history, shortly thereafter, most of us will be forgotten. We do all we can to avoid it, and to deny it. We don't want to be sheep, but to be a sheep in the flock of the Good Shepherd is a wonderful thing. It's hard to imagine a world without us in it, but death and to be found in that great crowd around the throne is only bad news if we believe that our personhood, our independence, our self-expression and accomplishments are the most important and significant things about our lives. But what matters most is that we hear the Good Shepherd calling us by name. And that should be comforting because it means that God is actually not that concerned with your fame or your accomplishments or your cleverness, no matter how big or small they might be. It is our faithfulness that God desires, our willingness to submit ourselves to the will of Christ that is impressive, our sacrificial love for our neighbors that's the standard we will be held to. Pride is, of course, a temptation. But the most important thing about us is not what we do or what we leave behind, but that we are able to imitate Christ 
by making our lives an offering for others and not a monument to our own fragile egos. Now that's a difficult thing to manage because we are surrounded almost all the time by messages and images and experiences that try to make us the center of the universe. There are no cards being handed out today that say, Happy Mother's Day, but remember, you're not quite as important as you think you are. (laughs) Jesus calls us to be like sheep, to be humble and faithful and follow the voice of our master because this kind of humility, faithfulness, and obedience are wildly out of step with the patterns of our culture. They are signs of the kingdom of God entering our world. In fact, I would argue that these kind of behaviors are the best kind of evangelistic testimony we can offer. They speak louder than any tract or social media argument you might get into because these practices require us to actually embody Christ-likeness day in and day out. Now, that's very difficult to do. Because humble service is not reinforced or celebrated in our world, except for those rare occasions when it is lifted up precisely because it is so incredibly out of step with the rat race of achievement that is otherwise so totally prevalent. One of the great people who lived in this way was a man named Jean Vanier, who's a French Catholic visionary who founded a place, a community called Larch, an international network of communities for people with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities, a place where people could come together and live in Christian community in faith and in friendship. Jean Vanier passed away on Tuesday after a lifetime spent advocating that all people are worthy of dignity and respect regardless of their status. And that dignity is given to them by God. He spoke and wrote really beautifully about his own experience of finding love in a Christian community. And among many really wise things he shared with us, Vanier said this, we are not called by God to do extraordinary things, but to do ordinary things with extraordinary love. And that's what his own life of service aimed to make possible. Being a disciple of Jesus should inform every aspect of how we live. From how we allocate our time and our money, to how we raise our children, to how we prepare for death. And that includes a thoroughly Christian approach to the temptations of selfish pride and achievement culture. It's graduation season right now and all over the country. Crowds of fresh-faced and expectant young people are coming together to gather under beautiful spring-sized skies and be told by very well-meaning adults that the outlook is bright and that they should go confidently in the direction of their dreams because they are the future. This is such a beautiful, hopeful lie that we tell ourselves and others. Because the gospel truth is we are not the future. Jesus is the future. When John sees his visions in Revelation, what he sees is not the remarkable and memorable achievements of the human race. He sees God's fulfillment of God's own promises and a crowd of people 
who are sheep of the shepherd, who have heard his voice and obeyed his words and did not thereby gain for themselves better seats at the table or promotions, but just the opportunity to spend eternity in the presence of God. They are sheepish because they follow where they're led and trust the one who is leading, and they have lost exactly nothing. By following the shepherd, they have gained everything. To be a sheep in this flock is not to become a mindless drone, like some kind of vaguely religious robot, quoting scripture, sanitizing your life, and removing every vestige of the secular from it, cutting off friends and loved ones to avoid anything that hints at the possibility of life apart from Christ. But instead, to be a sheep in this flock is to live with confidence among those who believe that their lives are only valid if they are in charge of them, and to be so completely out of step with that narrative that others are drawn to the light of your life. Now that sounds like another kind of pressure to achieve, doesn't it? What if there are days when we don't feel like loving others or being loved by Jesus? What if I cut my neighbor off in traffic or have a disagreement with my spouse or get really frustrated with my children? What about those days when I am more wolf than sheep, when meek and mild sounds like the last kind of thing I want to be? This is the best news of all. Because Jesus is the shepherd, we are not responsible for outcomes or perfectionism or living life with a flawless and unsullied record. Perfectionism can be left behind. John Vanier said that sharing our weakness and difficulties is more nourishing to others than sharing our qualities and successes. That's because we have all made mistakes. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We're not perfect people. And yet the shepherd calls us to follow him into his glory, glory that he shares with us out of the overflow of his love, love that we cannot earn. The good shepherd insists that if we can hear his voice, we are part of his flock, even on those days when we do not feel like it. That he will not let us be snatched away from him. That we're not going to be left behind in our selfishness and our arrogance and our pride to suffer the effects of our sin. But that Christ will intercede for us. That he will come back for us. That he will throw us over his shoulders and drag us kicking and screaming if necessary into the beautiful and good future that John foresaw a future that God designed specifically with us in mind. Now, it is surely possible to resist Christ's efforts to care for his sheep, to ignore the voice of the shepherd and walk away from the fellowship of the flock. We know this is possible because we see it so often in the lives of those that we love. But the great hope we have in Christ is that he never stops calling even wayward sheep to come home. He calls us back to him over and over again. We may get tired. We may get frustrated, but he never does. He is persistent and faithful, even when we are inconstant and faithless. And if we can set aside our pride and our independence and our selfishness, we may yet hear his voice calling us home. Amen.